Well, friends, you are in for a, a real treat this morning. I am just in a couple of moments going to introduce our guest speaker. And then at the conclusion of our service this morning, we are, you are here today to celebrate with the ordination of two of your pastoral team members. And most of your pastoral team have been ordained, meaning we get the title reverend. We don't use it often, uh, but we become ordained with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And at the end of this service, two of our pastoral team members, Pastor Kimberly and Pastor Kyle, are going to be ordained, and you are here for that special moment. And then after the service, we're going to make our way into the lobby, and we've got cake for everybody. Isn't that neat? Yeah, sugar for everybody. Isn't that great? We want to wind you up. It might even be calorie-free. No guarantees, but it'll be good. And uh, we're just going to celebrate. We have opportunity for pictures. But we, honestly, today are so honored and so blessed to have the district superintendent, our district superintendent, and its wife, Pastor Craig and Wendy Burton, district of Eastern Ontario, and none of it. We actually have a church up in none of it. Craig and Wendy, would you stand? Just stand together for a moment. Woodfell, love on these guys. and just, Come on, let's get on our feet. and just Come on, get on your feet for a moment. I want you to honor our superintendent and its wife and let them know how glad we are that they're here today. Thank you. And you may be seated. Pastor Craig, come on up. We're looking forward to you sharing God's word today and for leading us in this special ordination service. Love you, buddy. And thank you for being here. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Do you love your pastor? Bless your friend. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. What a joy for Wendy and I to be with you today on such a very special morning. And uh, my goodness, we've certainly got a lot of things packed into this morning, don't we? Well, the only thing we haven't got here is a, a wedding. Anybody want to get married today? <laughs> we can pull one of those off, I'm sure, before the cake. We've even got cake. <laughs> uh, so good to be here. And um, especially to, as Pastor said, honor uh, Pastor Kyle and Nat- uh, Natasha Roussel and Pastor... Kimberly and Mark Malloy, as they have achieved uh, this this point in their lives in ministry where they are ready to receive an upgrade of their ministerial credentials, which we call ordination, the ordained credential among us as a, as a Pentecostal family. It's a time that acknowledges uh, their educational journey. It's a time that acknowledges their practical formational journey. Uh, They have submitted themselves to a rigorous process which has provided them now with the the privilege of being acknowledged among us as a man and a woman who have followed through with everything that's been asked of them by our Pentecostal family, by our fellowship, to receive what really is the highest ministerial credential among us, and that's the credential of ordination. Ordination is a word which means to establish a servant leader. That's really what it means. If something is ordained, it's established. And ordination among us is the establishment of a servant leader. But in reality, friends, the Lord has already established Kyle and Kimberly. He's already ordained them in that there is a calling and a purpose 
over their lives. And at best, what we can do today is acknowledge together what the Lord has, has already done. As we begin this morning, it's important for us all to understand that we have each been chosen by the Lord, and we've each been called, called by the Lord. Can I refer you to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, where the scriptures say to us, but you collectively are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So there you have it in a very real sense. Each of us is called by the Lord called into the light, the light of the gospel, the light of truth, called into relationship, notice, with the Lord himself, and also into relationship with each other. And in this great relationship, we are called into mercy. The call of God. Each of us, in a very real sense, is called by him. David writes in Psalm 139, as he is reflecting and speaking to the Lord, he says, beginning at verse 13, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Now look at, uh, look at this verse. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All of the days established for me were written in your book before any of them came to be. Friends, our lives have great significance. Each of us is called of God, called into relationship with him and each other as in the family of God. There are also, however, examples in the scriptures of God's specific call issued to specific men and women. These are calls which include elements of time and space and purpose and plan in God's design and in God's economy of things. Sometimes he delivered the details of his call in an instant. Sometimes these details come over time. But usually the call, especially to specific areas of service, contains certain memorable components. You may recall how the Apostle Paul had a very dramatic experience when he was on his way to Damascus, on his way to actually persecute Christian people. 
And the Lord Jesus Christ himself appeared to him, and Paul had a lightning bolt experience on that road that day. And Jesus asked him to submit himself to him and to follow him. Moses had an experience where the Lord spoke to him audibly out of a burning bush. Jonah knew that the Lord was speaking to him about following him and obeying him and serving him, and yet he ran as fast and as far as he could in the opposite direction. And you may know that story about how he spent three days in the belly of a great fish and eventually was served up, if you will, by a storm on the Mediterranean Sea. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus addressed a group of fishermen who were very discouraged, having fished all night and caught absolutely nothing. And Jesus suggested to them that if he could get into their boat and they would put out into the deep water and let down their nets, perhaps things would be different. Well, we fished all night. But Jesus, because you said so, sure, we'll, we'll give it a shot. Do you know the story in Luke chapter 5, how when the men listened to Jesus and obeyed his word and did it his way, their nets were so full that they began to break and the boats began to sink. And Jesus said to those fishermen, I want you to pull your boats up onto the shore and I want you to leave all of this. I'm calling you. I'm inviting you to be my followers. And from here on in, you are going to catch people. Sometimes, still today, the call of God over a person's life is is really very dramatic. Sometimes less so. But it is always very significant. The call of God is significant. It's specific. And it's, it's always very personal because, you see, it is Jesus who issues it. It is Jesus who issues the summons. It is, it is he who issues the invitation. The invitation to obey him. The invitation to trust him. The invitation to follow him. The invitation to serve. Serve others. The call of God. There's really much that we could talk about today on a very special day like this. But uh, this morning for Pastor Kimberly and Pastor Kyle, there are just three things that I really would like them to take to heart. And they're sitting right over in the left-hand section. There they are. Just stand up for a minute so we can all eyeball you and see exactly where the two of you are. There they are, right there. Bless you both. You have, first of all, been called to Jesus. To Jesus. Yes, called by Jesus, but more importantly, called to Him. The call of God is first and foremost a call to be in a loving relationship with God's Son, Jesus. He is the Savior of your soul. He is your Lord. He is the builder and Lord of the church. The Bible calls him your elder brother, your shepherd, your bishop, your high priest. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the door. 
He's the captain of your salvation. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. There may be times when people fail you. There may be times when a church might hurt you. There may be times when a district or national fellowship might disappoint you. And as much as I love people and love churches and love our Pentecostal family, the call of God is first and foremost a call to serve and obey Jesus himself. Stay in love with Jesus. Trust Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Being called into ministry was his idea, not yours. Stay very, very close to him because he's the one that has gotten you into all this. This call of God, you see, is a call to a relationship with a very real Savior. It's also, secondly, a call to rely on the power that he provides. Jesus' power is available in and through the word which we teach and preach and promote and communicate. But also, Jesus' power comes to us by way of the ministry of the Spirit in our lives. The Word of God, the Bible, is God's unchanging authority. Kimberly, Kyle, preach, teach, minister God's Word You will be amazed by the winds of doctrine that will blow, the waves of ideas that will crash against the shore of the church. These things may bring blessing, but sometimes they actually bring confusion and may actually threaten people and their beliefs and their faith. The Word, God's unchanging holy Word, is a constant source of Jesus' power. Exegete the scriptures. Base your messages on that solid foundation, believing that all scripture is indeed God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Then you will always know the power of Jesus in and through your ministry. The second source of Jesus' power is the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit accompanies us in both the preparation of a message and the delivery and communication of a message to God's people. The Spirit is our teacher. He testifies about Jesus. He illuminates Jesus. He draws people to Jesus. As Jesus himself said, the Holy Spirit will testify about me. So as you prepare and as you study the Word of God, The Spirit is with you. He's an active participant. He's in you. He's working through you. He will reveal truth to you. He will highlight things. He will identify things. He will give you insight, powerful insight. He will help you to apply the truth of God's Word to your hearers. And perhaps it is in this work of the application of truth that some of the most profound work of the Spirit takes place in the ministry of God's Word. As lives are transformed, as people's hearts are changed, as the Word is delivered and the Spirit of God makes application, I would encourage you to expect the gifts of the Spirit to function and operate in and through your life 
in and through the words you speak as you declare with confidence and boldness the word of God in the power of the Spirit. And of course, the ministry of the word is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of preaching and teaching and communication. It's just the public part. It's the part everybody sees, but what they don't see is the preparation, the hard work, the good work, the nine-tenths of preaching and teaching, which takes place behind the scenes. I want you to know the Lord will honor you for the hard work, the good work, the private work, the secret work, and there will be authority and there will be blessing in the ministry of the Word as a result. So the call of God is very much a call to a person. His name is Jesus, our Savior. And secondly, a call to rely on His power, the power of His Word, and the power of the Spirit who works in and through us in the delivery of the Word of God. And thirdly, it's also a call to Jesus' purposes. His purposes. Now, when did the call of God over your lives actually begin? David said in Psalm 139 that every day had been ordained for him before one of them ever came to be. So we could say that in God's providence and foreknowledge, his call was in place over your life before you were even born. God's purpose was foreordained, if you will, but confirmed in you the day that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then you began to grow in wisdom and stature. You grew in understanding and God's grace became more fully manifested in your lives. And God in His sovereignty has always been in charge. He has always understood the who's, what's, where's, when's, and why's of your lives. In his providence and foreknowledge, he has had purpose for you all figured out. Mixed in with your natural DNA and the spiritual gifts that the Spirit has given to you, your your education, formal and informal, the experiences that you've had, positive and negative, the skills that you've learned, your strengths, your weaknesses, and we all have them, every decision you've ever made step by step, day after day. And now this includes your spouses and all of the skills and gifts and talents that the Lord has instilled into their lives since before they were born. And he has a wonderful way of bringing all of this together into who you are prepared and placed by him to serve, to serve in the right place at the right time according to his will. The call of God, you see, is a call to a life filled with purpose. 
purpose within the broad body of Christ, the kingdom of God, and purpose within our family, our Pentecostal family, the Assemblies of Pentecostals of Canada. Kimberly and Kyle, I just want to remind you, it is your request to hold ministerial credentials with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. That request, that initiative came from you, and I'm very grateful for that. Because it tells us that you have decided that you're best aligned with this Pentecostal family. You're best aligned in terms of theology and doctrine and lifestyle standards. Today you are going to become ordained ministers. You have made application. You have submitted to process. You have affirmed shared values. And within our Pentecostal family, we make choices. We choose to love one another. We choose to respect one another. We choose to honor the differences between one another. We, we choose to submit to one another. We choose to support one another. The kingdom of God is a very big place. The Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada is a part of what God is doing in this world. We are one family. We're a diverse family. We're a family that ordains and establishes among us men and women who are called of God to serve. And I would invite you to pursue every opportunity that our Pentecostal family affords to you. Honor, honor the family. We are voluntarily cooperative. We gather together in local churches, just like Woodville. We credential leadership, just like you. And we trust the Lord together for kingdom purpose to be achieved in these last days. You're called to Jesus. You're called to his power. You're called to his purpose. And Jesus' example is one that we all aspire to as his followers. But as ordained, credentialed leaders among us in this fellowship, there is an image which I like to remind myself of on a regular basis. And it's one that Pastor Mark already referred to as we broke bread and received the emblems of communion today. Because you see, friends, it was in that same upper room in John chapter 13 that Jesus taught his disciples a very significant lesson about leadership. They were still of the opinion that leadership in the kingdom of God was about a name and a title and a position. And they believed that that gave them authority to then conduct leadership among the people. Jesus had walked and talked with these men and demonstrated godliness to them for three years. And it appears in the upper room that they still didn't get it. Do you ever wonder if Jesus ever got a little discouraged with his disciples? See, they're in the upper room, 
And in the context of the day, a servant would generally, usually, automatically wash the feet of guests who came into someone's home prior to a meal. It was as basic and as simple as me taking your coat from you on a winter's day if you visited Wendy and I at our home. And I said, let me take your coat and hang it up for you. It was just basic. But in the context of the upper room, there was no servant present to wash the feet of those who had gathered that day. And so they all pretended that there wasn't a problem. They were going to settle in and enjoy the meal. And Jesus saw it as a great opportunity to demonstrate a leadership principle to them. These men had been arguing and fussing and fighting about who would be at his right hand and who would be at his left hand. Jesus at that moment got up from the place where they were reclining and he took a basin of water and a towel and he began to move among the disciples and he began to wash their dirty feet. They were shocked. They were embarrassed. They didn't want him to proceed But Jesus washed their feet deliberately and kindly. And when he was finished, he said to them, Do you understand what I've just done for you? He said, By the way, I am your master, and as your master, I have washed your feet and served you. Then I want each of you to go out... And don't act like you're greater than I am. Don't put yourselves on some sort of a pedestal. But I got down on my hands and feet and I performed a menial task and I washed your dirty feet. Now, you want to be my followers? You want to be called to my life, my death? Do you want to be called to kingdom purpose? then go find some dirty feet and do likewise. You see, what Jesus did that day, that night, is he took leadership and removed it from being a title and a position, and he turned it into a function. The greatest among you will be the one who serves you. Think about the people who have made the greatest impact in your lives, friends. Those who have really helped you, cared for you, blessed you. The ones who are the most memorable, and I would suggest they've likely served you in some way. Perhaps even selflessly. Think of pastors and leaders that you would highly respect and honor. And I would suggest they are men and women who have served you. Perhaps washed your feet, if you will, in some pretty basic menial, but meaningful ways. And so as we move into the formal ordination portion of this service this morning, I would invite you to remember that ministers of the gospel are men and women who serve, who serve others, just as Jesus served others. So I'm going to ask Pastor Kyle, Natasha, Pastor Kimberly and Mark, if they would make their way to the platform, please. If Kathy would come and provide us with a little travel music, that would be helpful, because it's going to take just a moment, I think, for everybody to get here. I'm going to ask them to come, please, and to stand here before me. 
And I know that there are also members of their family who are here today, and I'd like them to feel free to please come as well and to join us up here on the platform. I'd also like to invite all of the WOW kids to come. Would you like to come and stand with your pastor this morning? Come right away if you would. All of the children, 10 and under. And uh, junior highs, senior highs, young adults, if you're here in this service, I want you to come. Don't wait. We need you to come right away. Come ahead. And uh, friends, why don't you come and stand in front of me? Now, we talked about doing a wedding earlier. Everybody's knots are tied. Everything's good. But I'm going to have you stand just if you would right in here. Maybe just a little closer, just like that. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, where we are reminded of the gift of leadership to the body. Paul writes to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then at verse 11, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And here's why. To prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work leadership is a gift to the body of Christ and I want to invite as well members of the pastoral staff and team here at the church and their spouses as well as members of the deacon board and their spouses to come because they represent the gifts of leadership to the body of Christ so we're going to have a group just gather all in around if you will And um, we're going to collectively celebrate what is a very significant moment for two of your pastors. And we're gathered in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the establishing, the ordaining to Christian ministry, Kimberly Malloy and Kyle Roselle. And they stand here before us. You have come here today to receive ordination to Christian ministry. And as you prepare to take this step, recognizing that there is a high and holy calling over your lives, and this is an important and solemn occasion, I'm going to ask you to respond, if you will, to the following commitments. Do you believe in your hearts that you are truly called of God and that you are in the will of God at this time? If so, would you please answer, I do. Are you persuaded that the Holy Scriptures contain all doctrine necessary for eternal salvation through faith in Jesus Christ? And are you determined to instruct the people committed to your charge, big people and little people? Nothing as required of necessity to eternal salvation except that which is in the Scriptures. 
If so, would you please answer, I do. A lot of people are getting ordained up here this morning. This is great. This is great. Will you give yourself faithfully to minister doctrine, the ordinances, and the disciples of Christ as the Lord has commanded? If so, please answer, I will. Will you be faithful to drive away all strange doctrines that are contrary to God's word and to use both private and public opportunities to bring maturity to the body of Christ, Jesus Church? If so, please answer, I will. Will you be diligent in prayer and in the reading of the scriptures and in other studies that will assist you in gaining a greater knowledge of the word of God? If so, please answer, I will. Will you be diligent to direct and lead your lives and the lives of those in your family according to the pattern of Christ as a wholesome example to the church and to the community? If so, please answer, I will. Will you endeavor with the help of the Holy Spirit to live in quietness, peace, and love among all Christian people and especially among those who are committed to your charge? If so, please answer, I will. Will you honor the shared values of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada? If so, please answer, I will. The work of a minister is greatly enhanced by the partnership of a loving and committed spouse. Natasha, Mark, do you believe in your hearts that God has called you to be partners in ministry alongside your husband and your wife? Will you support them in your personal prayer life, encouragement, and participation in the life of the church? If so, would you please answer, I will. May God help you both and grant you strength to perform these commitments that the Lord may complete his work, the good work that he has begun in you. I'm going to ask members of uh, your families in particular, if you'd come and just stand right in close to your loved ones, please. And Pastor Mark and members of the board, just come and stand right in close, if you will, because what we're going to do now is we're going to lay our hands upon them. I'm going to ask the congregation if you'd stand, please. And extend your right hands forward toward these candidates. So let's lay our hands on them. Boys and girls, young people, everybody. We're just going to lay our hands on one another toward these couples, okay? We're going to pray for them together. We purpose on this Sunday to receive this man and this woman before us into the holy office of an ordained minister of the gospel. And after due examination... The District Executive of the Eastern Ontario District of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada has found nothing contrary but that they should be received and ordained to vocational Christian ministry. I charge you, therefore, Kimberly Malloy and Kyle Rosell, take authority to preach the Word of God, to evangelize the lost to minister the ordinances in the congregation, to practice the dedication of children, the performance of marriage ceremonies, the burying of the dead, and other such duties and responsibilities that shall be yours 
in the congregation where you will be ministering in Christ's name. And now we, as your family, we lay our hands upon you today and we pronounce the blessing of God over you and pray that the Lord will provide for you and equip you with the gifts of his spirit, ministries and graces that will make you an even more effective servant for Jesus Christ. And so, Heavenly Father, collectively today with thanksgiving in our hearts, we acknowledge, Lord, that each and every one of us has been called by you, called out of darkness into wonderful light, into a relationship with you, Lord, into relationship with one another. But Lord, there is a special sense in which you call men and women to special purpose, to special leadership capacity. And today, Lord, we pray for Kimberly and for Kyle, for their spouses and their families. As Lord, we acknowledge that you have ordained them. You have established them. You have invited them. You've called them to a a special place of leadership. And Lord, as they have diligently studied and prepared, as they have diligently served and uh, made themselves accountable and submitted, Lord, to leadership among us, we honor them today and pray a profound blessing over them. Lord, as they minister, as they teach, as they preach, as they share, as they train up, the saints of God to do the work of the ministry. Lord, I pray that they would know life. I pray that they would know ministering gifts. I pray, Lord, that they would know health and strength. I pray, Lord, that they would be encouraged and protected and provided for in every way. Father, we thank you for them. They are a gift to this body. They are a gift to our Pentecostal family. And Lord, what a happy day this is. What a happy occasion this is for us to be able to gather together children, young people, older people, acknowledging what you have established in the lives of these precious people. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name that we pray together. And everybody said... By the authority vested in me in the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada and the laws of the province of Ontario, it is my honor today to invoke upon you the titles of Reverend. God bless you. Pastor Mark, I'll turn it over to you. Have you got a mic in your hand? There we go. I do. (laughs) Isn't this a special day, folks? It's exciting. And Kimberly and Mark and Kyle and Natasha, we, we love you folks so, so much. And we are so, so proud of you. And we have several things we, we want to present to you. And uh, we're just going to hold that over here first. And 
Let me just get this. So, Kyle, I know you don't want flowers, but Kimberly, we want to give you some flowers, first of all. So, Kyle, for you, we want to give you, first of all, a Starbucks card, because we know you like coffee, all right? Flowers or Starbucks card. I thought that's what you'd like, all right? And so, Reverend Reverend Kyle and Reverend Kimberly, we want to bless you also with, with some stuff here. And we just want you to know how much we love and how much we really appreciate you. We are so blessed to have you on the pastoral team. And thank you, Pastor Craig, for conducting this time of ordination today. And these are special couples. They are a valued part of our church family and our pastoral team. The best days are yet to come. Amen? Amen. And... I want to thank all of the boys and the girls in junior high, senior high, young adults in our first morning service that have gathered around you today. And Pastor Craig, thank you for coming, and Wendy. And I want to lead us in prayer, and then it's party time, all right? We're going to go in the lobby. We're going to have some cake. And uh, But I want you to let Pastor Kimberly and Mark and Pastor Kyle and Natasha to make their way immediately into the lobby. And we have a special cake there that we want some pictures to be taken at before uh, you go too far. And uh, so we'll go, we'll go back there, get some pictures. So, Father, thank you for this incredible morning. It's been great. Thank you, God, for our time of worship. Thank you, God, for those that were baptized in water. So special. Thank you, God, for communion. How, how great it is that we could focus on the cross this morning. Thank you, God, for the, for the powerful message that Pastor Craig has shared. We've been so blessed and honored to have him here today. And now, God, to see the ordination of these, these two incredible pastors. And we, we love them so much. And we just thank you, God, for this special moment. Thank you, God, for everyone that has gathered here today. And I pray as we make our way in the lobby, just give us a wonderful time of celebration. And we just love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Come on, just give the Lord praise. Amen. Well, let's go party.